Good morning. Glad to have you with us. Uh, it is Gary on Guns, and as such, Garson is in from Graffs and brought in uh, some really neat uh, firearms for us to ch chat about. I'm really interested in the rifle. Uh, Garson, good morning. Good morning. And uh, you did not come alone. No, no. no, no nay, no. nay, Perlene. You got Dale Roberts. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How's, uh, how's business? Uh, you were working at, uh, with vets, uh, helping them out with uh, their legal problems still, in your spare time? Yes, still doing the free legal clinic for veterans at the VA hospital and doing wills for free and uh, keeping busy. And uh, if that's not enough, well. The we icing even, on the cake. Is, is he? <laughs> he is. Uh, Chuck Basie, former state representative in the state of Missouri. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, glad to have you on board with us. Uh, we'll talk about holsters here, concealed carry. Uh, we'll talk about uh, rifles that you can carry in your vehicle. Uh, I don't, although I do know uh, two people who do. Uh, if you don't have a pickup truck, it's kind of interesting. But we'll get to all of that. Uh, and, of course, uh, we're uh, going to chat about these uh, red flag laws because uh, the author of More Guns, Less Crime is going to come back on the program today to talk about what's going on in some of those states, including New York, uh, where it's gotten really out of hand. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll get to all of that. Uh, but first, concealed carry. Um, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that open carry is not a good idea. I understand the right to do it, but concealed carry makes much more sense to me. But there are limits. There are limits. A man faces multiple charges after probe says he hid part of a gun in his anal canal. Just after 12.30 a.m. last Tuesday, police made a traffic stop on State Route 7 near... Heck Road in Columbiana after noticing expired registration on a vehicle. What the heck? <laughs> Reports say an officer approached the vehicle, saw the suspect in the passenger seat, put the slide of a gun in the back seat. The passenger also had a plastic <laughs> bag in his lap that was, uh, well, he was trying to get on the floor, according to the report. Police also noticed a decent amount of marijuana uh, marijuana shake in his lap. As they transported uh, this guy, Mitchell, to the jail, they found he kept reaching into his pants and fidgeting during the car ride. Without prompting, Mitchell also reported mentioning he thought his friend had taken the recoil spring of the gun at some point. After Mitchell was booked, police found the recoil spring in the trash can at the booking room wrapped in toilet paper. Video footage of the room shows Mitchell digging around in his pants and then disposing of the spring. Now, frankly, <laughs> I would not want to be the guy who retrieved that uh, part of the firearm. Uh, so, concealed carry, a good idea. Uh, carrying it in your uh, derriere, perhaps not so good. Yeah, I could have lived my entire life without ever hearing that story. <laughs> oh, boy. You can go to Facebook, carry on guns, by the way. Uh, and uh, comment, or you can give us a call at 800-529-5572. Uh, New York Attorney General sues the manufacturer of magazine lock used in the Buffalo Store Massacre. This really, really irritates me because they consistently refuse to point to the real problem 
uh, when they see a, sh- uh, you know, a shooting happen. In this case, uh, the attorney general has sued a gun accessory manufacturer for selling a lock that can be easily removed to attach what you and I would probably say are normal capacity magazines, uh, Dale, uh, which are illegal in the state. Uh, the gunman who massacred 10 black shoppers and workers in a Buffalo supermarket last year carried out the attack with a semi-automatic rifle he purchased legally, but then modified it so he could load it with quote-unquote illegal high-capacity ammunition magazines. New York law bans the possession of magazines that hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. Oh, we lost 10 innocent lives because a hate-fueled individual was able to make an AR-15 even deadlier through a simple change at home, she said. Uh, We cannot undo the devastating harm that was done, uh, but this lawsuit against mean arms is part of our ongoing effort to pursue justice for 10 innocent lives that were unjustly taken. Um, So they're blaming the manufacturer of the magazine, Dale, instead of blaming the guy who pulled the trigger. How do they miss the point every time? Well, I mean, it's the same thing we do, you know, when someone, and we've seen this happen again not too long ago, someone in a vehicle runs into a lot of pedestrians. Naturally, we blame that on Dodge or Chevrolet, whoever manufactured the vehicle. It's not the driver's fault. Yeah. The logic just never seems to work. Mean Arms, they said, deceptively advertised that installing a device that locks a magazine on an assault weapon makes it legal under New York law, uh, they're, they're alleging. Uh, but since the lock can be removed, um, so detachable magazines can be inserted, the manufacturer aided the illegal possession of the assault weapon. Letitia James is just, I guess, playing the Democrats' game, Garson. They're, well, they never want to acknowledge the real problem. So I just got on Means' website... And this isn't something that comes standard on a gun. This is something that you would have to add yourself. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how they're at fault for this because it's a safety device. So if somebody went and added a safety device to their gun, I, I don't see how removing it makes it any worse because it's not, it's not a standard part on an AR at all. The, the, this just confounds me. I don't understand this at all. It, even if it were a standard part, it, you know, under the law, you're supposed to look to causation. Right. But I don't know cause? how they got involved in this at all because, I mean, it, it's no different than, you know, the stock or, or the sights or anything else you'd change on a gun. Um, that This is just ridiculous. And, it, and so their website also states that they don't even ship to New York or Massachusetts. Because um, I, was, I was only under the impression that California was the only state that had a, a detachable magazine lock. So you, you needed a tool to change your magazine on a rifle. I didn't know any other state had a, a restriction like that. So that's even weirder to me. It's so insane. It's just crazy making. Uh, and every time there's an event, I think people are going to get blinded by this, uh, you know, the stupidity of all these proposals. Uh, and eventually, we're going to start losing ground. So far, it hadn't happened, knock on wood. Um, it, and I was going to say, that's what worries me. And it doesn't seem like the Second Amendment community 
does as good a job of getting the word out. I mean, Dr. Lott is phenomenal. Guy Smith at Gunfax Info, gunfax.info does a good job. But the the voice of the anti-gun crowd seems to be overwhelming. Well, that's because the mainstream media, which leans, I believe, politically to the left, don't want to bring our experts to light. Right. Uh, and I can remember one case where, uh, and I can't remember her name, uh, but she, I think she was with NBC. She did a host of, inter- uh, you know, she did a, a, a bun- an interview with a bunch of uh, pro-gun people, asked questions, and then edited the answers to make it look as though they couldn't respond uh, to the pro-gun arguments. When, in fact, if you saw the entire video, they did. Uh, so the reason those voices are so much louder, they're amplified so much, it's because the media won't give our side. Yeah. And I had forgotten two years ago or three years ago, um, Jared Taylor, uh, Eric Burleson, and I, and maybe and a sheriff from Missouri, were all interviewed by 60 Minutes about the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And when the program aired... It was a completely different story. I believe I warned you. Yes, you did. This is the way they play. Yep. Um, All right, uh, we're up against the clock. we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Carry On Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Dale Roberts is with us, MoGunLaw.com. And then uh, Garson is in from Graffs, brought in some terrific firearms. We'll chat about those in a little while. Dr. John Lott is going to be with us talking about red flag laws. Uh, and then uh, Chuck Basie is in, former state representative, Second Amendment supporter. Uh, and while we're talking about uh, Second Amendment supporters, what uh, what's going on with legislation here in Missouri? Uh, and I'll uh, I'll kick this off with Dale. Well, this is one of the worst years I have seen. Period, in terms of the legislature not getting very much done. And a really, excuse me, really critical Second Amendment bill to fix problems in Missouri's concealed carry laws. And there are several problems that need to be fixed. Um, Made it through the House, got to the Senate, got through all the Senate hearings and sat on the calendar waiting for one last vote. Um, And they, they didn't get to it. They were busy doing other things. Chuck could explain. But. Yeah, it was, it was very disappointing. I was watching the, the last week of session um, very closely, and uh, the Senate was just uh, almost a nonstop filibuster. They, they got uh, a few things passed, but it was very, very disappointing. So the, the same bill that I, my eight years in office, it was in front of uh, the House every year we passed it, and it, it just never did make it through the Senate. So very, very unfortunate. But there was a lot of good things on this bill, not just the underlying bill itself. But uh, it was the uh, the underlying bill was carrying on mass transit, mainly in the bigger cities, allowing people with concealed carry permits to, to carry. And But there was a lot of other very, very good, critical uh, Second Amendment pieces in that legislation that uh, we'll have to wait till next year now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You liked that bill? You mean you trust people to carry a firearm on a bus? Don't you know what happens Don't when you, you go through those doors? Well, with proper training, yeah. Well, you you can carry walking down the street past the same people who are on the bus, <laughs> but if you're on the bus, uh, then then you become a problem. Uh, I don't even see the logic in restricting that 
Uh, and I'm sad that this bill didn't pass. It, well, and the maddening thing for me is there were at least two provisions in there to fix real pro I mean, to correct problems in the law. And these are problems that most people uh, who have gone through classes probably are unaware of. Um, and it exposes people to risk, and they just didn't have the time to deal with it. So what exactly got in the way? Somebody's well, campaign. There was, there was some, uh, <clears throat> a lot of filibustering going on. There was some disagreement. Uh, the, the two big things that were a problem was the uh, uh, sports betting bill. And uh, then there was also the uh, uh, a repeal of personal property taxes, and and there was a couple senators that were uh, very very upset that those bills weren't proceeding, and so they just locked things down and and shut an awful lot of good bills from passing. But didn't isn't the real problem one subject at a time is being ignored? I mean, if you put Eigel's bill, uh, that's the name of the senator in Missouri who's who's pushing uh, to get. Uh, fighting really to get rid of this personal property tax. If you just did that bill by itself, it would probably go right through. Uh, if you did the sports betting thing uh, as a separate bill, it may or may not go through. I would hope that it would. But isn't the problem the way they're administering in the chamber? Well, I've heard you argue about the one subject of the bill uh, logic many, many times, but Almost every bill that has passed in Jeff City in my eight years and even in the last year, uh, it's it's not that there's always amendments added to bills. So very rarely does a bill uh, make it through. That's just a one one subject or you know the underlying bill make it through. So yeah, but it should be, shouldn't it? Don't we have a one subject at a time law? Um, well, in Missouri, uh, you can't put an amendment on a bill unless it's uh, very related to the underlying bill. So um, now in Washington, I don't think it works that way. But in Missouri, it has to be related. In other words, you can't put an education bill on a Second Amendment bill or a transportation bill onto a uh, banking bill, something like that. So, All right, so you and Dale need to sit down and come up with a law that says each bill is an individual bill and you can't tack on to it. Uh, like to I think that helps to clear this up. That. Huh? I'd like to see the amendments that get tacked onto that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think, and you know what you could do is you could you could uh, uh, draw up the the legislation as you see it, uh, you know, or ballot uh, language as you see it. You get it approved by the Secretary of State uh, and the Attorney General, and you take it to the to the public and and let them vote on it. Fifty percent plus one, and I think that would pass. Uh, and I also think uh, that smart, wealthy Missourians would get behind getting the signatures and promoting the bill. And, you know, there's something like that already. And the problem is, well, the problem, you know, uh, other subjects or other amendments get added to a bill. It goes to the court and the court goes, oh, those are related. Those are those are the same. Subject. No, but I think we have to rephrase this. Not related. Just the one top. If your topic is uh, lower taxes on gun sales, that's it. You can't add anything to that. That'd be an interesting process. It would slow down the passage of bad bills. 
because the reason, and Chuck, you can uh, you can step up to the plate here and, and uh, validate or, or invalidate what I'm going to say. Very often, they'll tack something on because it can't pass on its own because it's not popular enough. Or they do it to kill the legislation like a poison pill. Am I that, right? That is correct. Yep, that happens quite a bit. So you got to be watching stuff like that all the time. And uh, unfortunately, some things, and, and at the end of session and years past, not this year, but in years past, things are moving so fast. Uh, there was oftentimes uh, bills were being brought up in front of the House, and we were voting on them so quickly, you didn't have time to really figure out what was on the bill. You said to trust leadership and trust your colleagues uh, that were that were handling the bills, and uh, there has been some significant problems, especially in daycare uh, situations, Missouri, because of that very thing. A senator put something on a bill, and it was it ended up really hurting the daycare industry in Missouri. Well, every every state in the union should be dealing like uh, with legislation like this, and so should the federal government. Should be one, you know, you introduce a bill to do. A, and that's all that bill should deal with is A, nothing else. Uh, and I think, you know, giving uh, some credence to uh, uh, people who want a read the bills kind of a thing, uh, I, I would support that too. As you know, I'm uh, chairman of the board at Downsize DC, and we've been pushing this at the federal level for a while. You've got to read the bill or have it read to you. And then you sign off on it. And if you didn't read or have it read to you, and uh, I get you know tied up in whatever piece of legislation uh, that you're promoting, I don't I don't go to court. Uh, you can't you can't uh, screw me over. Uh, I just think it's time to clean up politics. Um, I also don't like the House of Representatives. Uh, our House here in in Missouri does this. You've got to have the speaker and permission all the way down the line to get a piece of legislation introduced for a general vote. Well, why? Why not just, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm Chuck Basie and this is my district and here's the bill that I'm proposing. Uh, and then it goes out on the floor. Why can't we do that? Well, that's um, that's a tough issue. You know, there's got to be some kind of structure on how things move. And I, I agree, it's, it's very, very frustrating, but... Um, that's where you got to work uh, together with uh, other members and uh, work with the leadership team. And uh, but if you didn't have that kind of structure, it'd just be mass confusion. In the well, why would it be mass confusion? Because Here's the bill. We'll read it to the to the members. You vote up or down, uh, or you know we have a little discussion, a debate. You bring in your people. Then we have our vote up or down, and it either moves on to the Senate or it dies. I don't know. It just seems overly complicated. But I am up against the clock. Uh, so uh, we will take a quick break. Uh, eight seven. You know what? Um, let me let me just tell you what's coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about a uh, federal judge striking down a ban on selling handguns to people under the age of twenty one. This is going to really rankle some feathers on the left. It's coming up. Gary on guns. Hey, good morning. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Garson is in from Graf's. Uh, and uh, they're in Mexico, Missouri. Great firearm store. I mean, everything you need from uh, ammo to bullets and shells and powder and primers and guns. Uh, I mean, you name it, they've got it. Uh, worth the short ride to uh, Mexico, Missouri because they are so good at what they do that people from all over the country, say for California perhaps, uh, buy from them. And they're right down the street from us, so. 
Well worth it. Uh, let me uh, let me do this. I'll go around the table. Is this good news or bad news? A federal judge in Virginia struck down a federal ban against licensed firearms dealers selling handguns to 18 to 20 year olds said that the rule was not consistent with the Second Amendment. Uh, apparently, this uh, Corey Fraser, uh, who was 20 years old, tried to buy a handgun from a gun dealer in May of 2022. He was denied the sale thanks to a long-standing federal ban on uh, licensed firearms dealers selling handguns to anyone under the age of 21. Filed a lawsuit challenging the Gun Control Act of 1968 and the ATF's under-21 rule, he said, was unconstitutional. Is that good news or bad news, Garson? I think it's good news. I am 100% against graduated citizenship. So if... Uh, in your mind, an eight-year-old wanted to come in and somehow it scrounged up enough money, it would be legal to sell to him. Well, I, I think once you're an adult, you're an adult. Not You're an adult, but you can buy a gun in three more years. So if you're 18, you're an adult, that's the, that's the yeah. line you're I drawing. Mean, when, once they say you're legally an adult, all the rights and responsibilities of an adult should be transferred to you. Well, Chuck, is he trying to get kids killed? I mean, for goodness. <laughs> I I agree with Garson. I I have no problem with the eighteen year old. Let me go to you because apparently Chuck is in the same place as Garson. I'm sorry. I'm with these two absolutely, and that's that's one of the interesting, <laughs> you know, fallout issues from the Bruin decision out of New York from the Supreme Court. Is they're looking federal judges all across the country are looking at these cases, and under Bruin they're supposed to look at the law as it was in 1871. Uh, was this part of our history and tradition? And the judges are going, no, we didn't. We didn't have that limit back then. We didn't limit. Um, we didn't require firearms to have a serial number back then. We didn't have a ban on gun and marijuana possession at the same time back then. And so all those laws are starting to fall away. It, not national yet, just by circuit. But we're getting there. So just don't sell any ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> so Chuck, yeah, but don't think that works either. Chuck, uh, then the Bruin decision will bite by bite destroy the 1968 Gun Control Act, won't it? I it sounds like it, yeah. But I uh, I I don't have a problem with an 18 year old uh, somebody that can legally go in the military, can vote, can uh, you know uh, do a lot of things. But why you why restrict their their right to buy a firearm. Yeah, uh, if, you know what? If they can buy a rifle, if they can, I mean, they can. You can possess a firearm at uh, nineteen or twenty, can't you? You can Even possess you a firearm at sixteen legally. So what's the difference? I mean, why bother with the restriction at all? If I've got a, a seventeen-year-old son or twenty-year-old son and or daughter, and they want to carry a gun, I can buy the gun. Can't I? And give it to them? Gift it to them? Yes. And that's perfectly legal, and they can carry it? Yep. So, what do they expect to accomplish with this? What did they accomplish? It's a conditioning law. They condition us to accept their rule. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, I think Bruin uh, is eventually going to take this entire uh, uh, 68 Gun Control Act apart. It's going to eviscerate it. I, I, I absolutely agree. With any hope. And I, 
I wish people would read it. I mean, it's. I understand it's you know lengthy, and there's you don't have to read the footnotes and wade through that stuff. But I put it on my page at mogunlaw.com. Um, you know, if you're an intelligent person, you don't need a law degree to read these things to understand them, and it's beautifully written. It's just a great piece of literature. Well, we'll we'll have to see, but as time goes by, I think it it does disappear. Uh, and we'll get into that real quickly. Uh, and I don't I want to spend a lot of time on this. I just think it's the silliest thing. There was a a piece, uh, Colin Noir, uh, Colin Noir, uh, talking about carrying a firearm with a round in the chamber. I always do. Well, I mean, uh, for a whole variety of reasons. Any one of you guys ever walk around with a firearm and not a round in the ch- in, in the chamber? No. I, I don't do have to take time to rack it. What, what's strange is Italian police, that is their standard mode of carry, is hammered down on an empty chamber. So that extra fraction of a second could be life or death. Yep. It could be. Um, and I also think, you know, if, if there's a chance, all I have to do is click the safety and I'm ready to go uh, versus having to rack it, making that noise and drawing attention. Yes, indeed. But, it, you know, it's the, that, that logic is, you know, goes with you don't need to wear your seatbelt until you see a car coming at you and think you're going to be in a wreck. Then you should put it on. But if somebody's afraid of carrying with a loaded chamber, they bought the wrong gun for their level of expertise or they've not trained with that gun enough to accept that it's safe in the manner in which it was designed. I agree. You know, By uh, the way... Go ahead, John. Well, I was going to say, I don't buy auto insurance till after I have a wreck, and then I go get it. <laughs> Not well, a bad according idea. to Obamacare, you can do that with health care. Yeah. Well, all right, I've stepped out of our lane. Uh, listen, uh, uh, Garson, have you guys got your hands on that uh, Smith & Wesson 5.7 yet? Uh, no, not yet. They're probably going to be coming in pretty soon. I, I, I got one, uh, and I bought it for my wife, because after I heard about it, I sent her a link. She started jonesing for it. Uh, then uh, I found one here in town, and I bought it. And she then turned around and found one here in town and bought me one. So nice. we went. Yeah, it's perfect wife. I'm telling you. So uh, we went out shooting with it, and that is without a doubt. And you know what I think about the 1911s. I, I think the trigger pull is magnificent. I love those guns. I'm a 21st century convert. <laughs> this is better than my 1911. It's easy to shoot. Its trigger is almost as, as sharp and crisp. This thing is fabulous. Um, comes with a threaded barrel. Ooh, man, when you guys get those in, let me know. I'm, I'm telling you, they are absolutely great. Will do. Uh, what? I will do that. Okay. Um, we have... Um, truck guns that we're going to chat about here for a minute. Um, I don't drive a truck, and I used to see uh, a lot of pickup trucks, uh, and they would have the their firearms, their rifles, in the back window on a rack. Do they do that anymore? I don't see that very much anymore. I, I see it up in, like, Howard County and, and Audrain County every once in a while still. <laughs> Can you imagine... How long it would take for you to get pulled over if you were driving your pickup truck with a rifle rack uh, going through New York City? <laughs> <You> would... 
minute your tires touch the pavement, they'd be pulling you over. Um, but you don't need a, a pickup truck and a rack in the back window to carry a rifle. There are all kinds of uh, devices that you can use uh, and all kinds of different rifles. My wife has that folding Caltech. What a great way to carry a rifle in the car. Oh, uh, that's a good way to carry a rifle anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't take anything to snap it back open and, and go to town with it. Uh, but um, there know, are... Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, I know a couple of guys that have the new folding Smith & Wesson rifle who have contemplated the same thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck and I are looking at each right. other, shaking our heads. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the Maverick 88? Uh, uh, the small shotgun? Yeah. Yeah. Folding stock? Ooh. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, rifle uh, can fold down or be taken down. That makes it a, a great uh, piece. But the Maverick 88 with a folded uh, fab defense stock takes up a lot less room, easier to conceal. Kind of neat. Sounds like it should be against the law. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like it. And uh, speaking of which, briefly, so uh, I filed my my application to purchase a permit. I was told, I mean, to purchase a suppressor. I was told, yeah, that's going to take 300 days uh, for approval right now. Um, and the guy said he had just filed his permit for a gun that has a brace on it under the new regulation. And that permit was approved within two weeks. So, really? so they can do a permit that quickly if they want to. So they go through different lanes, like if you're if but you're doing suppressors. I mean, if they well, suppressors go through the suppressor side, short barrel rifles go through the short barrel rifle side. The number of suppressor applications is exceedingly high. Now they've made a bunch of changes to speed that process up because my last transfer, I was expecting about a year. I got it back in six months. But, um, you know, every once in a while, someone just kind of sails through, and they'll get theirs back in three months or so. Um, and the the last round of changes they made to the, the process, a lot of people were getting theirs back in three months. And then that convinced a whole bunch more people to apply, and it's driven the wait times back up. Well, you know, the thing that uh, occurred to me was uh, I, I would... I would say, well, I don't want to wait a year. I'll, I'll, nah, it's not worth waiting. Yeah, I'm spending. Uh, and, then, and then a year later, I still haven't, I still haven't applied for it. It's like, well, hell, I could have had it by now if I'd just done it the first time. Uh, it's getting that trust uh, deal. That's the that's the thing that uh, I think is important, uh, at least for me, uh, because I want my wife to be able to carry it as well or use it if she wants. We ought to talk about that very briefly in the next segment if we can. Uh, then uh, don't forget we have uh, John Lott on on Red Flag Laws, plus Show and Tell on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Garson is in from Graffs, and uh, then we've got Chuck Basie, former state representative. And uh, if that's not enough, Dale Robert, MoGunLaw.com. I'm going to call an audible here, guys. I'm going to go back to this uh, uh, truck guns uh, because I did bring it up and I didn't go through the list. Uh, the list is at Gun and Tactical, uh, and the number one, they say, uh, their recommendation, best truck gun is that Caltech Sub-2000, uh, which Garrison and I both think is uh, a pretty neat uh, alternative. Uh, anybody familiar with the Chiapa Little Badger? Anybody? Is that the Little 22? Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually know a lady that has a little badger. Uh, that folds up pretty nicely. So you don't have to have a rifle in a rifle rack. Uh, you can carry this, uh, put this in your vehicle, and have a rifle. Uh, but it is uh, 22 long uh, LR, and uh, it, you can also get 22 Magnum rifle that uh, uh, is a really simple design. It's a great uh, firearm to, to carry a rifle uh, for your vehicle. Number three on their list, Garson, is the Ruger 1022 takedown. Okay. Uh, they, they think highly of this uh, firearm. And uh, number four is the Mossberg Maverick 88. Uh, it's uh, like the store brand Mossberg 500, but it's slightly different, made in Mexico, and uh, not very expensive. Yeah, it's like a bargain entry-level 12-gauge uh, pump shotgun. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, the Maverick 88 uh, with a folded fab defense stock, easier to store and carry. Uh, the Axor Arms PAF-12. I'm not familiar with this one. I don't know if you guys are or not. Anybody familiar with it? Sounds like a shotgun. It, 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 it's a folding shotgun. Um, it literally folds in half, uh, so it's easy to uh, conceal in your vehicle. Um, so those are uh, some, of the, uh, some of them. Another uh, firearm they recommend, Smith & Wesson FPC uh, 2023 Surprise, the carbine. Uh, uh, drop to rave reviews, immediate Caltech comparisons. Uh, it's similar to the Sub 2000 in the fact that they are both 9mm folding carbines uh, that use direct blowback operating systems. Yes. So, nice gun. Nice gun. Uh, Palmetto State Armory Jackal. Um, it's uh, a mix between an AK 47 and an AR 15. Uh, and uh, one more here that. Uh, will uh, bring up um, the AR-15 itself. Basically a short AR. Uh, just This Jackal is just, uh, uh, they say, one of the top ten best. Uh, either any of you guys uh, carry a rack on the in your pickup truck? I do not. It seems like an invitation yeah. for the bad guys. I, exactly. I, I don't use a rack. I have a full safe in my vehicle. He's not kidding. He's got a pretty good setup in his car, and it's probably burglar-proof. I, I wouldn't say burglar-proof, but it's going to at least delay him long enough that oh, yeah. they're not going to get in there just you're trying to do a smash-and-grab. But, yeah, you know, gun rack in the back window, you know, Smith & Wesson bumper sticker stuff, um, NRA sticker. Those are all invitations to, hey, break in my car. Th there is one gun that I'm surprised isn't on there. Um, I would have expected the PS90 to be on there. I didn't um, see it on that list. It's it's small. It holds 50 rounds on the gun, um, and it's a full-on rifle with an 18-inch barrel, but it's a bullpup. In fact, I I'm surprised there wasn't other bullpups on that list. Yeah. You know, now that you mention it, there were none, uh, and they are, uh, I think, a great alternative. I, I own a couple. <laughs> really? Well, I've got a Tavor, a Hellion, and that uh, PS90, so those are, those are the three bullpups I have. Um, I, I just think that would that would have been a great addition. Maybe I'll get you a job there. Because um, <laughs> they clearly should have talked to you. Power on the cheap. Power on the cheap, again, at Gun and Tactical. Uh, the best affordable 10-millimeter 1911 options. Is 10-millimeter Garson really starting to pick up? Uh, it seems like uh, I hear about them uh, more and more often. Oh, yeah. For some reason, there's a plethora of new 10-millimeter options. 
and um, ammo manufacturers that had not made it in years have started making it again. Ammunition manufacturers that have never made it are making it again. Um, it, it's it's like the 1980s and Miami Vice all over again. Well, they uh, at Gun and Tactical also have a list of uh, the most affordable um, 10 millimeter 1911s. Uh, and uh, they kick their list off with the Colt Delta Elite. Uh, then there's the Springfield Ronin. I like Springfield. They make a, a pretty nice firearm, if you ask me. Ruger, uh, SR 1911. Uh, the Ivor Johnson Eagle XL10. And the Rock Island TAC Ultra MS. And Rock Island, uh, I mean, they're, they're almost exclusively uh, 1911s, aren't they? I mean, they, a couple of other things, but that seems to be their... Yeah, um, that's the only gun they've manufactured. That's the only handgun they've manufactured. They have made uh, <coughs> slide and barrel sets to convert Glocks to 22 TCM uh, 9R, which are awesome as well. But I think they haven't made those since COVID started, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and and uh, you and I both. I had one. Uh, you still got one. So that was, uh, and that was a neat gun to shoot. Oh, it's an uh, amazing gun. You you put that twenty two TCM in that heavy nineteen eleven and it's it's just like butter. Um, the the gun almost never moves. Uh, we've got uh, the most powerful handgun you can still buy. We'll talk about that. Doctor John Lott is coming on board. Talk about the red flag laws. It's amazing what's going on in states that have them. Uh, so we'll do that. We've got show and tell coming up. Uh, Garson has brought in some neat firearms that you can get. Uh, and by the way, uh, are, are you running those back down there today, or will they be available Monday? I am not, because the Central Missouri Food Bank is doing a food drive today, and I'm going to help with that. Really? Where is it at? Talk to, talk to me. Well, uh, so it's actually really easy. Um, you, they're, they're having mail carriers pick up donations, so you just stick some out by your mailbox. The mail carrier will pick up that donation, and then they're going to bring them back to the post office downtown, and um, they're going to sort and organize everything there uh, noon to 5, and they still need volunteers. Are you so, helping distribute or consume? No, I'm going to help sort and get everything loaded up. and or Whatever they tell me to do, I'll be there to help them. <laughs> All right, they're telling me we got to go to break. We're going to come back, show and tell, coming up. Gary on Guns.